Path Girl? Yes, Boogie. For dance, 10. Mm-hmm. For looks, 3. Dance, <gasps> 10, looks, 3. And I'm still on unemployment. Dancing for my own enjoyment. That ain't it, kid. That ain't it, kid. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Do you, you remember? For first, how dare you give me a three? Jesus, <laughs> dude! When I was a kid, I was just remembering. I used to go to the library, and you could take records out and like oh, actual yes. records. And I remember I got a chorus line. I don't know why, because there was dancing oh. girls on the front. Yeah. I had no idea what a musical was, and I remember being like this little kid, like seven years old. And there was a song on it called Dance 10 Looks 3. And mm-hmm. it and it was this it, it was all about, I guess, people making it in Hollywood. And she was talking about the fact that, you know, she was flat. And so they said, Oh, you're a great dancer, but we're not gonna give you the part. So she went and got a boob job and mm-hmm. uh and a, and an ass job. And this was like 70 something. I don't know. And I remember yeah. I was mesmerized because mesmer, mesmer, that see, that's how, fuck, that's how fucking crazy I was at seven years old. I'm like, she's talking about boobies and butts because the whole song's all tits and ass. Got yes. the bingo, bongo, yep. bong. And uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about that while I was kind of itching in my crotch. I was like, hmm. Ah, no uh, need to hear about your crotch, please. Um, no. uh, hey, for dance 10, looks three. And that's kind of me. Crotch zero. That's, shut up. At <laughs> least we're the fucking three. My crotch is a three. Crotch 10, well, looks three. I mean... No, crotch 10. <laughs> no, no, no. We should just. We should just stop. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a great show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster from the top of the Empire State Building, I'm Path Girl. I am Count Boogie. I do not want to be on the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I was in New York City for five days dealing with family drama, but that one of the local radio stations is always from the top, top, top of the Empire State Building. And just, yeah. Which was probably <laughs> a lie. They just... No, actually, they're up and they're up on. Uh, I actually, one of the guys who's on the show, uh, I went to high school with. So, so they were uh, in the yeah, Empire they, they, State Building, yes, with King Kong and all the other fucking crazy people. That's, Pretty much. Yeah. I just saw a movie that they the it was a Tom Cruise movie where the Empire State Building was like knocked down or something. I don't know, but you uh, uh, you survived New York. Now let me ask you because you grew up in New York. Yes, you grew up yes. in New York, and uh, of course. You've been to probably a few CD clubs in New York. Oh yeah. <laughs> so have you been to CD kink clubs in New York? Yes, actually. Um, oh God, a long time ago when I first got married. So this was probably uh, ninety six, ninety seven ish. Um, my ex husband and I 
before we even started the swinging, there was a there's a famous club that's still open in uh, Manhattan called the Vault. Okay, I've heard of that. Cool. Yeah, and there's also another one which I don't know is still there, which was called the Hellfire Club. Now, here he, here's a funny story about the Hellfire Club. So we went on Valentine's Day of one year. And we're walking around. And of course, I know nothing about kink except what I've seen in movies, TV. I am nowhere near the kink lifestyle. We haven't even started going into our swinger life yet. But we're standing at the bar where they're only serving non-alcoholic drinks. And then my ex-husband goes to me and goes, hey, I know that guy. Like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, there's a guy over there in a leather miniskirt and no top. And he's getting led around on a chain and stuff. He's like, yeah, I know that guy. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> And like, even, even though I had no kink sense yet, I still had some common sense of you probably shouldn't go talk to him. And I'm like, he goes charging up to the guy and goes, Hey, so-and-so uses his real life. club. It was a former boss of his. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, Oh wow. I mean, I didn't know kink protocol yet, but I sure as know well that, that you know, that was was a party foul. (laughs) Yes, to our perverted podcast Big. listeners who may be new, going to a dungeon. If you oh. recognize someone you know, you're both in the fucking dungeon. So, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. But never run up to somebody and call them by their real name. Yeah, If you know them, you can make eye contact. And I've done it with people before that have come in the dungeon that I know. And you're like, hey. And they're like, hey. And I'm like, what do exactly. I call you? And yeah. then they will give you whatever name you call. And please do that because that is yes. that is a major uh, party foul, even though you're both in the dungeon. Yeah. You know, that being said, I've had people freak out, you know, oh, my God, I saw so-and-so. And we're like, you're, you're both here. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's not like <laughs> you're both guilty. So go on. Yeah, so yeah. so was there lots of cum and skiz all over the place? Um. No, I mean, um. The, uh, there was a girl who was in a uh, vacuum bed oh, those are and fun. she just had a straw hanging out and she was having an impact scene done. Then there was another um, slave on display who had a sign around her neck that said basically like, feel free to touch me anywhere. And, you know, there were various people walking by and like touching her boob, touching her thigh. You know, I think one guy actually went and grabbed her crotch and stuff, but it was just basically like her master was standing there, right. but like basically like, you know, you, you know, you want to touch, go ahead. So uh, I did not partake, but um, it was interesting because as a, not, not even a newborn kinkster yet. I mean, just comparing it to what I had seen on TV and movies, it was interesting to actually see the physical representations of it. And then watching people get impact and like, trying to understand why people did this you know not you know just not just for the shock factor but like people were having fun and it's just like why are they having fun getting beaten so well how amazing that you uh segue that eventually into our topic that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes but first let's get to the real stuff uh yes has your vagina been lonely this week my vagina has not been lonely, but I also didn't get a chance to tell you that I did uh, a scene with Doc on Saturday night. Oh, really? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so after coming back of the stress of New York and basically my hair on fire and running screaming from New York going, I never want to uh, cross its threshold ever again, I told Doc we ha- he was having a play party. And I was like, please, can we just like skip through everything and go straight to Vampire Gloves? He goes, sure. <laughs> It's a good, good, clean request there. Yeah. Like, 
what do you want tonight? Just just go go straight to the heavy just, stuff. Just blood. Just fucking, I need just, a good bleeding. Just, just, I want us to go back to yeah. the Dark Ages. I need a good bleeding. <laughs> I need to leech all this stuff out of my system. Just uh, family drama. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so I, we started, uh, a scene at his, at their place with, um, he brought out a wooden dowel and it was like this bit, it's, it looks like a, a, um, almost like a, like a bowling pin, but it's, it's completely wooden and it's shellacked, oh, just wow. kind of something thuddy to kind of warm up with. Right, right. And then we went to a serrated flogger just to kind of get my skin warm and some, uh, Florentine floggers. And then after a good 10 minute warm up or so, he's like, all right, let's start mm-hmm. and puts on the vampire gloves. And then, you know, it just starts with the – oh, and one thing I didn't realize is uh, Bad Path Girl, she wore lace to Doc and Cat's party. So she wound up having to play completely nude because vampire gloves and lace are not a no. good combination. Ha, ha, ha. So – but my butt was actually facing out to the couple of friends that had come to the party also. So they didn't get to see my front. But um, Doc kept reaching around me. And taking both vampire gloves and grabbing my boobs, just to, not not really hard, but enough to like, there was always one thumbtack going straight into my nipple. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I'd just be sitting there, I'd be tippy toeing, going, ah, 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 ah. and and for those perverted podcast listeners who haven't heard before, vampire gloves are a kink. It's basically a leather glove that has like metal tacks on it, and you could use them for sensation play or yes. spanking or whatever. But they are metal tacks; they will draw blood. So, but always one tack was going right into my nipple i'm like ha, ha, ha. and then he's he did something last time we played vampire gloves and he did it again but he basically takes one hand and puts it under my chin and took his other hand with the glove and kind of just gently pulled my head back oh. and i'm sitting there on my tippy toes like fuck <laughs> you're all <done> <laughs> Donna's get that wiener Donis, ready. Unfortunately, was not available to to, to play that night. Oh he had, no! He You're like, yeah, well, yeah, it's me it. and the vibrator tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, he came over the next night, so we, he got to, he got to get play with the aftermath. But so we started getting spanked with the vampire gloves, like really hard, which was oh my god, amazing! I needed it. But then out of the back corner of the room, I hear his partner Cat go, "Hey, Path Girl, I've got blanket consent, right?" I go, "Of course. Why?" feel something wet hit my butt she sprayed my butt with alcohol oh (laughs) and i just turned around i was like he's sadistic you're a flat out bitch wow (laughs) she starts laughing but yeah she asked first you know that i thought that was very good that even though you know your blanket consent it was a good build up it was great for the joke it was that. Oh God! Yeah. So I, I could I, I couldn't have planned it better. But like so, then as he's continuing to spank me, that I didn't feel the alcohol at first. But like as he's continuing to spank me, the alcohol is getting driven into my wounds, and I'm like, right. okay, okay, this is getting warm. This is getting warm. So then, finish the scene. You know, I'm a bloody mess, and of course, usually one of the things that Doc does when he takes me down off chains is he wraps my arms around his neck right. and kind of gives me a hug, and then I feel somebody walk up behind me. And I get another dousing of the alcohol. And that second one, I felt really bad. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, you fucking cunt. Like at aftercare. She's hysterically. A step oh. beyond after. You're like going into aftercare. You think it's all over. And yeah. every time I get out, they just drag me back in. 
Pretty much. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I absolutely loved it because I've never been sprayed with alcohol after being yeah, yeah. with the vampire gloves. But it was just, just like that little that you know little coat topping from Cat, where it's just basically like, hey, I'm not going to do much, but I'm going to do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and tonight on the spritzer, so, we have the bitch. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Good teamwork. It sounds it, like fun. It made for, it made for a very interesting scene, but oh, and then so the next day when Donis comes over and we have some some nice normal vanilla-ish sex, um he looks at my ass and inspects the handiwork and goes, "Huh. I may have to play connect the dots with all these but, you know marks on your butt." <laughs> That's funny. Get the Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's like, "Wow, this is like a Van Gogh." Yeah, pretty much. Sorry, story night. Sorry, story butt. That's <clears throat> awesome. That is awesome. That sounds like you had a fantastic time. I'm happy yes. to hear it. All right, let's get into it. Now, our... wait a minute. What? No. 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 We have 20 minutes. Hey, no, 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 no. You may not have had some kinky shenanigans this week, but um, you have some splaining to do with your hot tub time machine, sir. Oh, God. <laughs> You really thought I was going to let you get away without talking about that? Um, for the perverted podcast listeners, you need to go on FetLife and look on Count Boogie's uh, profile. You really He's don't. He's got a picture, uh, yes, please do, of barely legal Boogie, who's standing in a hot tub in blue short shorts and giving one of these sultry-looking smoking pictures. <laughs> it's just, oh, oh, my God. I, 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 I died when I saw this. You have to go look at this picture. Well, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing behind it was, I'm, you know, I'm purging. I'm getting rid of everything as that I can uh, so I can go. I don't know where. But um, as I've always told people, hey, you know, if you have things that are sentimental, Take digital pictures of them, make three copies of it, and then toss the crap so you don't have to carry these anchors with you. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. a picture of it still stimulates the brain, right? So I had all of my pictures, my physical pictures, like from childhood. I even had my adoption book from when I was like a baby and I was adopted and it had all the information Uh, There wasn't a lot of information, but like whatever Mm -hmm. there was about me. So I'm like, fuck it, dude, this shit has to go. And so I did. I did a photo shoot and I took pictures of all my shit and it was all baby pictures of me and stuff. And of course, none of this triggered good memories. So but I took pictures of everything and then I did the thing and I separated and I put them on two different computers and a flash drive. So I'm like, all right, it's fine in the Mm -hmm. trash with this shit. Um, the only thing someone freaked out about because I told them there was a lock of my 10 month old hair in the book. <laughs> and I'm like, what, why do I need that? I can literally <laughs> shave my nutsack and get 10 ah! times and literally no. stretch it out and go there. It's the same person. Uh, uh-huh. so, uh, so I tossed it, but one of the pictures I was like, Oh my God, look at me. <laughs> barely legal boogie i'm like i'll putting that shit up and then because it's a thing it's like and then i guess spanky um made a comment he's i'll check out your thirst trap pitch i didn't know that's what the Uh term was because it's when people put up a picture of themselves that you're never going to meet you're never you're gonna be like oh wow they were hot 40 years ago Uh and but the pitch the person now is like yeah, you know, that's no, you're that's not 
There's the opposite. Yeah. That guy, like, and it's funny because I had no tattoos and I had hair and mm-hmm. it was fucking funny. So, yeah, there's my thirst trap pick. I'm, I'm looking at the picture right now. You got pecs. You got Why are you still looking at like... the picture? Why is it up? <laughs> because I'm like, just you can't remember. It's actually, you. You're right. <laughs> is it the one, the one antique uh, time version, time machine version of me that you could actually masturbate oh. to? Ah, no, 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 no. Come on. Red, red, every shade of red. Don't no. every shade of red. You've been looking at that thing. I've heard you talk about it like four times. Because I'm sitting there amazed going, Boogie's got hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you're thinking. You're, uh, I want that young bulge. I want no, that young boogie bulge. Actually, there is no bulge. There's a bulge. It's a bulge. You're a dick. Total bulge. I was looking for yours and couldn't find it. It's a bulge. It's not a camel toe. <laughs> no, it's not a camel toe, but you know, there's a but bulge. you are standing in, in in you're you're in a pool. Maybe it's cold water. The water was probably shrinkage. Shrinkage, Jerry. Shrinkage. Shrinkage. I'm so glad we didn't go to the next segment. Let's well, do now that. We can. Yeah, now we can. Thanks. I had a bulge. Celebrate your vag, cause it rocks. Put a needle in your cock on Fat Life. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about on the show has specifically granted us permission to do so. So shout out to Enigma for tagging us in this post. And real quick, if you find a post that you like on FetLife that might be great for the show, just put an at Perverted Podcast as a comment and it'll tag us in it and we can take a look at it. Uh, when Enigma tagged this post, I didn't realize we have a small uh, kink celebrity who actually wrote this post, uh, Raven Caldera, who's actually an amazing kink educator and has got multiple books, several of which I own and love. Uh, you can find his books on alfredpress.com or as well as on Amazon. He has an amazing post that's called Reasons Non-Masochists May Want Pain. Mm. This is just an informational post that came from a thread I recently posted on. Various people on both sides of various slashes were asking about why someone who is admittedly not a masochist in the sense that they do not enjoy or may even hate physical pain inflicted on them might want to be topped even on a regular basis. I've known people who have done this, and there are several reasons that I've heard, including emotional masochism. They hate the pain, but they enjoy it on some level that they're suffering. They want the endorphins, obviously. Enjoying the idea they're sacrificing for their M-type. Feeling the infliction of pain as reinforcement of the M-type's power over them, like, I can do this to you, and even if you hate it, you have no choice but to endure it. Emotional catharsis, they hate pain, but it forces them to let go and scream and cry. The mandatory disclaimer for this reading is this post does not imply that any given person who identifies as a slave or submissive will have or will have or be familiar with any one or particular types of these motivations. Um, it's an interesting list, especially for people who aren't into pain or people who are like kind of still scratching their head about why the hell do I like pain again? I enjoyed this and we've we've talked about this in the past. And mm-hmm. and I think it's a great refresher, and it was great. I guess this was a compiled list like he had posted. The post right. is obviously longer. It'll be on our FetLife page linked to it. Yes. Um, but uh, it's kind of cool how other people chime in. And once again, that's just, you know, a plus for the reason that we have shows like this and that we go into communities and posts and because we can really find out that there are more than one way to do things. And there's more than one reasons to do things. And this was a fantastic example of that because a lot of people like you were talking about when you 
were in that club in New York as a new person, you're like, why do people like this? Why do people do yeah. this? And there is no one answer. There are many answers. Exactly. There's many motivations. And a lot of them may surprise people. But mm. then if you think about it, as opposed to how non-kinky people process pain and the reason we go through challenges and sufferings in other things that are not kinky, it kind of all of a sudden makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, for me starting out as a submissive, like I, I really could not understand weight. These people being beaten, why did they like it? I didn't know anything about the endorphin rush. I didn't know anything about the, you know, catharsis of letting go. And then for me, kind of starting to play around with it and starting to get those endorphins going and then, you know, discovering subspace. It was just basically like, oh, that's why they do it. But there are plenty of people I know that play just to get the pain or even they love the bruises. They love the after effects of like, wow, I endured that. My body could do that. Uh, A lot of people, even me, who are um, physically challenged or disabled in some way, being able to push their body to do something that a lot of people can't do is like almost like a badge of honor. Well, it's an extreme sport, and I've talked about this yeah. before. It's very important. If you are not kinky, you may not understand that people do this, and ooh, there's whips and chains, and maybe they touch boobies and vaginas and penises. But you do yeah. understand extreme sports. You do understand football. You do understand martial arts. You do understand outdoor camping challenges where you're starving yourself to death, trying to live off the land, which there's 9 million YouTube channels that I watch half of, um, where people just, you don't have to suffer. You could go to the store and buy fucking food, but you want to push yourself through this physical challenge that pushes you to the edge in order to overcome that. And be a better version of yourself. We actually all understand this. We all understand going through pain. If uh, the one thing I don't understand is uh, try being a fucking parent. You suffer every fucking day. Yeah. With things yeah. that you don't want to do. <laughs> Am I right, Path Girl? Every day uh, yeah, you much. do things <laughs> and you do that because you love them. Like the people who give to their master because they care about them and they want to give that to them, that sacrifice to them. I mean, be a fucking parent and your kids being a fucking dick and you want to fucking drown them in a fucking bathtub, but you don't, you give to them and you suffer through that because you love the kid. Is that close? Am I, am I in a good path with this? Yeah, I mean, he, he touched on that. I mean, it, it's not drowning your child, but it, he touched on that where he, like, especially with MS relationships where it's just, you're doing things that, you know, a slave ought to do, quote unquote, or you're, you're, you're sacrificing for your, your, your top, your master, your, your, your dominant, where it's like you're doing it in service. And there's been plenty of times that I've myself or other people that I know, which is basically like, well, it's something they want done and it'll please them. So I'll do it. Right. And that's fine. And once again, I probably should have started with, we probably should have started with this, that um, this is kind of like the double-edged description of healthy kink and or personal dysfunction. These, yes. these activities, the intentions and motives can go both ways. Obviously, our hope and what we're promoting on Perverted Podcast and what I believe the poster is, is surely promoting is the healthy version of these challenges, the healthy versions of these services, the healthy versions of finding value of yourself in giving 
service to the person that you have a power dynamic with, that these are all things that are thought through and that you're being your best person and that you're not doing it because you have no value in yourself. And so you believe you're worthless and all you're good for is to be, uh, you know, used in pain and suffering. That can be a very negative thing. And of course, we're not talking about humiliation play where you're role playing that you have no value. We're talking about people right. that are literally self-abusive. They've gone through traumas. They've, you know, they, they have low self-worth and they're doing these types of activities for the negative reasons. That is an entire possibility. And so my job as the top is to not only understand my intention of why I want to give pain to someone or why I want them to suffer in service to me, my job, I feel for myself, um, is also to make sure that I, to the best of my ability, understand my bottom's intentions for why they're doing what they're doing for themselves. What did they get out of it? And is that something that I see is healthy? Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely, because not only do you have that responsibility, but at the same time, you have to make sure that what you, what they want and what you can give them are an alignment because there are people I know who have used King to process very traumatic events in their life, sure. PTSD, what have you. And someone who may not normally want to endure pain may want to just basically try to push through this therapeutically. And as long as there is a well thought out discussion and limits and safe words and all that stuff that goes into place, sometimes it could be very free sure. to relive that experience and get through. But at the same time, you're not pushing that bottom past their limit. You're not pushing the top past their limit. And even on the other side of that, you may have a submissive who just basically, I want to be beaten until I'm broken, quote unquote. And you're going to have a top that's going to go, okay, and beat the ever living crap out of them. And that's not play. That's abuse. It's right. just, there is a fine line between- Exactly, exactly. And it's just, you know, the guy, you, we all, we've all talked about the guy who comes into the dungeon or the top that comes into a dungeon and, oh, I'm going to do a scene with you, whack, and hits him the hardest you can the first time and, well, scene over. So it's a fine line for people who aren't masochists, for people who just, you know, I stub my toe and I cry like a bitch, but I'm someone who likes the pain in a controlled setting, in a setting that if I feel like the pain's getting out of my, control then i could say hey i need to pull pull back a bit but there's a real fine line between pushing yourself to have the pain to get the result you want and le going into now i'm hurting myself self-harming myself or somebody's harming me right no i mean this is it's it's so amazing to be a part of this because i played i think with most of the different intentions in these dynamics, I mean, of course, I played with a lot of people that enjoy the sensation of pain and it gives them that rush and whatever. But then all of the other things in between, I think most of those that I've had and uh, and it's exciting because it's it's liberating just to hear that, to know that it's OK if you don't like pain. It's yes. okay yes. if you only like a little pain. 
Masochism is on a spectrum. Everything we do is on a spectrum that's constantly changing in variables and intention and whatever. You can be a top. You can be a bottom. You can be a switch. You can be anything in between. You can be a masochist. You can go into a say. I mean, it is so nuanced to who you are and what builds you up to be the best and your partners that things like this are very exciting because you have options. You are no longer, because it used to be a long time ago, you were kind of told, oh, well, you're a dude, so you're obviously going to be a top, and you're a chick, so you have to be a submissive. And that was sadness. There was a lot of sadness during those years. Because people didn't know. They just didn't know because they only had movies and books and, and whatever community. Whoever the leader of your community is locally, that's they're going to try to dictate how it is. And if you don't have someone in that leadership position, that's like, Hey, everyone gets to be their own thing. Then some people will just never even know it's out there. But now with the internet and YouTube and perverted podcast, the best of all information sources, by the way, you should. Of course. Thank you. Um, you know, this guy that writes books too, you know, I'm sure he's good too. He's probably smart. Um, you've read some of them, but, uh, Oh, I, I, yeah, he's got a couple of books that I absolutely love and I've recommended multiple times. Yeah. Well, I'm being tongue in cheek, um, tongue in cheek, but I'm well. sure, that, you know, there are people who are able to show that there are choices. And I think that's the most exciting thing about this topic. Well, and one thing we didn't touch on, which the post kind of did, a lot of people automatically assume that in a kink lifestyle, that punishment comes with it, especially if you're like in an MS relationship. And Uh punishment, like we've talked about in other episodes, punishment can be whatever it could be. Punishment can be you're taking a beating even though you don't like the pain versus punishment could be writing lines or standing in corners and kneeling on rice or whatever it is. Right. But punishment, again, is – it's kind of instrumental to a, a kink dynamic and a, and a kink a power exchange, but it doesn't have to be pain. Or it, it doesn't have to be else. punishment. I mean, let's go the what yeah. it really is. Punishment is actually, I don't do punishments in, in my dynamics. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, unless it's a role play punishment, unless it's a punishment right, right. or something, mm-hmm. but actual punishments where like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that's certain dynamics that do punishments but it's not all dynamics that do them exactly you know there's some people who need to be challenged like you get rewards if you do certain things i've surely done Mm -hmm. endless amounts of that as a daddy um but not all dynamics require punishments and protocols and certain once again that's that's where the you have your choices what works best for you what works best in your dynamic there are some people who respond very well to giving someone the authority to punish them and do things they hate done to motivate them just like a parent uh punishes a child in order to force a better behavior out of them right but it's not mandatory exactly i like it well yeah, this this was a great post, and thank you again to Raven Caldera. Yeah, sorry, Raven Caldera, I'm messing up your name for giving us permission to read the post, and uh, we'll be able to post it on the FetLife uh, Petverted Podcast page later, so you can read the whole thing. It's got a lot of interesting uh, points that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. 
I it's need not to even... eat ass. <laughs> yeah. Funny you should say ass. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I sound like Frankenstein right now is like I haven't touched an ass. It's been a couple weeks now since mm-hmm. I've touched an ass. But I'm pretty sure right now I feel like ass. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, uh, I call it baby shingles. Baby shingles, okay. Baby shingles, and that means that yesterday I had my big, I'm 55, please don't finger my asshole uh, doctor's exam. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Mew, who's in med school, gave me like a fucking list, dude. She's <laughs> like, you need to ask this and this and this. She was so excited. She was so excited <laughs> and like pumped, like called me afterwards, like like 20 questions. I'm like, bro, I went. OK. Right. And because uh, she knows I'm not, you know, the best at taking care of myself. But a couple of the things on her list, I asked the the nurse practitioner. It wasn't a doctor. It's a nurse practitioner. We'll mm-hmm. get into that another time. Right. But my nurse practitioner is real cool. And she just had throat cancer. So she had like this mega Frankenstein scar on her neck. And I'm like, dude, that's hardcore. You totally survived that. And uh, so she's real cool. And I had her laughing. But I asked her things on Muse List. And one of the things I'm like, well, I'm supposed to, I guess, ask about shingles and tetanus. And I don't know if I'm up to date on those. And so she went and looked. Thank you very much for having people in your life that um, know what to ask. And she said, oh, you're way overdue for shingles and you haven't had a tetanus in like 300 years. So don't step on any rusty nails until we do that. So um, so they gave me the shingles vaccine. And I'm like, knowing that I'm the luckiest guy in the world, uh, <laughs> what are the side effects? And they're like, you're you're pretty much going to feel like Frankenstein tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and goddamn if they weren't right. Which is good, because yeah. the based on the topics we're going to talk about, it's perfect. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect for right now, because like right now, I could literally just slide into a vagina, a lukewarm bath, or a bed, and uh, and and be happy with either all of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, but please, Enigma, pick up our pace, <laughs> yeah, and tell me that you've had some joyful, happy, energetic, non-baby shingle. Uh, fun this week. Um, I have had some unshingled uh, fun this week. Um, for for the cute people, I, uh, I I just got back. I had lunch with D. Um, oh, good. Um, like they have they have a, a a real job, and so they work during the day. What? But we were, I know, right? Um, and so, but we we met over lunch, and it was very cute. But then earlier this week, um, for for the people who want more than cute. Uh, we we uh, were messing around, and D was on on her her period of the month, um, and in in true kinky fashion, I earned what uh, is called my red wings this week. What I know, you're like a biker, dude. <laughs> that's like a that's like a initiation at least the rumor is is that for biker gang some i don't know if it was hell's angels or not you earn your red wings bro mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bro that's both scary and awesome <laughs> did she so because you know a lot of women get really excited on their period and it's mm-hmm. like a shame to like waste a perfectly horny vagina right because there's some blood like how did you go about it obviously the blood comes out 
below the clitoris. <laughs> yes. Um, so basically all I did is I, I went down on her. Um, I did focus a lot more on the clit area, but you know, you get excited and you start looking elsewhere. Um, I, I didn't get a picture and I kind of, kind of wish I had, apparently I looked up to, to check on her and, and I had blood like running down my chin and I was like, that's hot. Um, oh, but yeah, so we did that for a while and she came a couple of times. It was very nice. Um, but then it just, it, you know, the, the cum mixed with blood was a little, started to get a little weird for me. Yeah. And, um, and so instead of like first cleaned off my face, but then like, as I'm wiping her down, that starts to feel really good because it was a very like, you know, textured towel. And Ooh. so, um, I, I noticed that because I'm a very observant person and I started having her kind of rub herself on the towel and grind against my hand and so we continue to have fun and anything any of like the the runoff that came from future orgasms just went right into the towel and so it was it was, it was a lot of fun i i definitely something uh, it was a unique experience a new experience but it was a lot of fun well played young man well Thank you. played now then for those who are squeamish because obviously uh, not everyone is into blood. Women have a relationship with blood, so there's mm-hmm. far more men that are squeamish around a woman's period than there are women because they deal with it. Yeah, that's just you know that's they're used to it. So, um, but especially if you're going down, um, there can be some fear and uncomfortableness when most women are on their period. There is a little bit stronger smell. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's very light, um, and then of course sometimes it's it's very strong. And in that case, there's so many things you can do. You know, it can be like, hey, we're gonna shower, and you know, and then right after I'll lick you. If you really want to, you can lick them in the shower. Um, you know, do what works for you. Because obviously, I mean, I hate to be a dick, but do you, you know, do I you... just do it anyway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it anyway. If it causes such a reaction that you can't do it, you can't do it, you know, Mm -hmm. but there are ways to mitigate that having a towel down, having a wet cloth and literally wipe every, you know, every minute or so in between. If you notice that there's a little bit of blood coming out, like if it's a heavy, she can uh, shower and then put in a tampon if she can wear tampons. Mm -hmm. So there's um, some women can't. So, um, so there are things you can definitely do. It is a time. Some women are like, don't touch me. I, I, I don't feel I don't feel happy about this, but it's really nothing to be ashamed of. And it really, as you've noticed, uh, it is something that some women get like literally drag their ass on the carpet <laughs> like a fucking dog in heat which would be bad during a period because you're going to obviously zebra stripe the fucking carpet it would be much easier to just get them off right doesn't that make sense it does I, I sure think so so I think it's it's definitely not something that should be ignored and it is something that you can uh, you can work around and then some people are straight vampires and they fucking want it all over their face and it's like a <laughs> fucking blood orgy fucking satanic <laughs> fucking right. macaroni and cheese ritual you know yeah like like the 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 taste of it didn't affect me too much it was and this and the smell wasn't like 
Um, she was in a skirt, and so like a lot of the the scent, I guess, said like was the the air circulation was fine for that. It was really just yeah. I pulled back and I saw kind of the blood flowing, and that's kind of what tripped me up. If I hadn't right, pulled right. back, like I probably wouldn't have even noticed and would have kept going. Right. So right. Um, again, this was this was definitely a first time for me. I like you said, I I, I haven't had a partner before who was um, even open to period play, um, and so this was a new thing, and I, I'm. I, I can definitely see myself just getting more comfortable with that because it's just it wasn't much different. There was just a few unique things for this time of the month, and sure. I I enjoy the sounds my partner makes. So there's there's a lot of positives. I I think it's I think the number one anyone can say is don't make your partner feel fucked up over this. Oh, hundred percent. Either way, yeah. In either way. It's just like, hey, can we work around this and look what, you know, like if both of you work with it. But surely don't shame uh, a woman for having a fucking period, dude, because it's like right. it's not like she fucking went to Walmart and like waited for a special to come out on Fourth of July. You know, like, oh, my God, I just want to have a period. It's like it's you know, it's something that is part of nature and and it, and it can be worked with and you should really respect that that's the human body, and we deal with that a lot on the show. That that sure, some things maybe aren't as sexy or make you feel a little uncomfortable, but there's ways around it. And and if you really care about your partner, then work together on this. I think you did, and you opened up a door that I think is awesome. And congratulations on that. It's fucking great. Thank you. So now, moving on to more alternative times to have sex. <laughs> yes. This was a good article. I yes. mean, it was good for, you know, for uh, giving me thoughts, lots of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're we're going, we're, we're sticking with the kind of, uh, like you said, alternative sex um, path today. Um, our article today comes from the dailymail.co.uk, and it is entitled, Why Some People Feel Aroused When They Are Sick. Um, orgasms <laughs> Appear to Supercharge the Immune System. Have you ever found yourself sick as hell at home thinking about uh, more enjoyable things? Well, you are certainly not alone. Uh, One woman, this is kind of uh, an extreme case, uh, one woman in India all of a sudden had an extreme boost in her sex drive, something her husband hadn't seen in their eight years of marriage. Unfortunately, um, she had caught rabies and um, died. So, not the... (laughs) Sex rabies? Yeah. Who was she married to? A fucking badger? No, she got bit by a dog. And, oh, and, oh, and, that was the sickness. Yeah, that was, and it that, made that was, her super horny. And oh, okay, yeah, super. I'm horny. an asshole. Yeah, I mean, we knew that. Um, so, uh, fortunately, there are better examples out there. Um, Sina Zaratin, Zaratin, excuse me, uh, proposed some ideas in the medical journey, medical journal, medicine hypotheses. Um, getting off like any stimulation pumps up the nervous system, specifically the same areas that are affected when we're sick, like constricted blood and airways. Um, mm. Some folks were even tested to see what their immunity looked like pre and post orgasms. And there were a lot of positive signs of a boost to our natural immune system. So between the physical boost and the boost of oxytocin to our system, getting sexy can maybe cure what ails ya? Fever fucking. Fever fucking, yes. Fever fucking. Oh, my God. Enigma. (laughs) Yes. Enigma. Do you know what this means? A lot of things, but I'm sure you'll tell me others. 
I'm going to. Enigma, okay. you and I, as mm-hmm. partners, mm-hmm. we could start a service. We could be <laughs> legitimate healthcare providers. Oh, okay. We could provide. Okay, I got a name. Mm-hmm. We could provide perverted podcast emergency hot meat injections to fight infections. <laughs> Bam! There's the marketing. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first responder. You of can course. have sloppy seconds. See, a little first responder joke there mm-hmm. th- threw in. Mm-hmm. I, uh, look, germs, okay? I get it. We'll rock, paper, scissors before each call like could you imagine our little ambulance that we have there's like dildos on it shaped pink you know and it's got like one of those little old-fashioned ice bags on the hood you know oh, it, it could be like ghostbusters where we like we convert um like a like an old hearse and and turn that yeah. into um a a fun a fun mobile like i have a bed in there yeah like, I, I, bring I the dead back to life yes. bring the dead back to life fever fuckers hot meat injections to fight infections perverted podcast at gmail.com or patreon.com slash perverted podcast <laughs> if you want to help enigma and i purchase an old hearse <laughs> and uh convert it into the uh perverted podcast emergency hot meat injections to fight infections vehicle i i love this plan it's a good plan. We could do so. it. Yeah. Now, then, I've never had um, – I've had partners tell me about this. When I'm sick, like right mm-hmm. now, I don't want to be like a little bitch, so I don't want people around me. Gotcha. You know, so I just – so I kind of avoid – I've never – I think I've masturbated a few times while sick because, you know, it's I have a dick and I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't noticed like uh, – like I said, right now, because I know we're talking about this, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally would be like totally into getting some poon right now. But I haven't actually done this myself. I've had partners that have said, oh, my God, I, I let my boy, my ex-boyfriend fuck me when I had a super fever and it was the biggest orgasm I ever had in my life. Right. So have I mean, you done this? I I have definitely fucked people when they're not feeling the best. Um, and I've also like, um, like I've masturbated when I've had headaches before and that's, that has definitely improved um, the, the sensations and it has improved, uh, how I felt. So like, uh, definitely some, some personal experimentation has been done and, um, yeah, no, I, I can, I can, I can definitely attest to the fact that this can, um, actually help with, uh, with feeling a little bit better. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't fix everything, but it does. It does give you that little bit of boost. I think you can get something similar. I think with a lot of people, it's like they if they feel really crummy, like just going outside and getting fresh air right. and that sort of thing can help. Um, sure. But with like what the studies that they did in the article and what they talked about, like it, actually having that orgasm and getting your body into that state, that helps on a more like internal level. Going outside, that's kind of a psychological thing, I think, more than anything. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, it, I mean, you're circulating. Right, exactly. And I think that's really important. Like, when I'm sick, like, I, f- I started feeling like shit from the my little baby shingles a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately start trying to walk around my car. I don't look good when I exercise now. Like, I'm in the parking lot of the library at, like, fucking midnight, and I'm flapping my arms like a, like a wounded beluga condor. And, uh, you know, but I am circulating because I know just from all of my experience, not just being a massage therapist, but circulation really does. 
in most illnesses, obviously there's some where you're just supposed to stay the fucking bed and mm-hmm. let your body fight it out. But certain, surely with colds and fevers and things like that, a little circulation along with that hydration, it moves the shit through faster and it does make you feel better. So, of course, if you can put in a little energy and have some lovey-dovey time, I think uh, that's that's great. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's something that could uh, Look, We have a service. Us. Yeah, we do. We have a goddamn service. We could be healthcare providers. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Now, that, that being said. Yes. Because I love this topic, but it also made me, because you know me, I got to think of more shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of made me springboard into the topic of like, what do we suggest to our perverted podcast listeners, not just for what to do with a partner when you're sick, but like it just in general, if you don't feel good and you, and you know, one of your partner wants some sex or touch, you know, and you're not necessarily into it. Like, I think it's important that you might not be in the mood to fuck or whatever, but you love your partner and you're like, ah, I'm just not into it. Like, are there things that you can do that maybe aren't, you know, they're non fucky things. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, cause like, I think asexuals, if like you're in an ACE uh, relationship, there are things that if you have a more sexual partner, there are things that you can still do with that partner that maybe it they're not um, looking to get you off because you're not your ace and you don't really get that sort of attraction, but right. you you love and you care for your other partner. So um, I think this, this this can go for like people who are just having an off day, but I think we can. There are also lots of ways to have sexy time with partners, even if maybe you're not necessarily a hundred percent on board. Yeah, or your genitals don't always have to be involved, you know, right. because sometimes that level, you know, like you just don't touch just uh like I mean, I got a list. Right. You know, like uh you know, let them fuck your feet. You know, you just lay there, mm-hmm. you got the cold towel on your head. You just uh you just say, "Hey, just pretend that you're Frankenstein and we're in a cemetery <laughs> and I'm a corpse. Go ahead and fucking, you know, tombstone fuck my feet." Um, but also like something that I've I've been looking at um, for myself, like, if, you know, uh, we both have ED. And so sometimes like it's a it's a bad dick day. Sure, and sure. I've actually been looking at getting a hip harness or a thigh harness, excuse me, that uh, that can take a strap on. And oh. so there can be a kind of a dynamic thing if they're like into humiliation, but also like they can still ride me. But they but it's but they're riding the the dildo that is strapped to my thigh. Right, right, right. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, why not? Yeah, I, I think it'd be it'd be really fun, super hot. You're in a similar position that you would be in anyway, um, and so you can kind of still you still get that intimacy, you still get that closeness, all of those good things. Um, but you're you're using this this strap on instead of uh, instead of your actual genitals. Yeah, you can like give her bro finger. You Basically, can just literally yeah. give her bro finger and her favorite vibrator. Like if she's in the mood and, and you're not in the mood, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there's nothing where I've done that a lot of times because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I'm real crazy in my head and, uh, you know, so that's a type of sickness and I'm just down there. I'm just not sexy, mm-hmm. but I still care about my partners. And, you know, when Mew is living with me, She'd be like, uh, you know, I'm about about uh, two gasm thirty right now, 
<laughs> and uh, you gonna can you help me out here, little buddy? Studying for uh, you know med school and shit. And I'm like, okay, well, and it would just be like vibrators and fingers and stuff like that. It and it took the pressure off me also, right? Because you know, there's that embarrassment, like, oh, I want to perform for my partner. But I just don't feel into it. And that's not going to work, especially if you're a guy trying to get a hard on, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, maybe some guys can just, you know, whack it against the bed a couple times and it gets hard. <laughs> but that is not I. No. So um, so it's like, yeah, just literally taking a little time. I mean, let them jerk off onto your tits, you know, just so, you know, you can just lay there and then, you know, get a baby wipe and finish, you know, uh, like you have a fucking machine mm-hmm. and then run the controls. Right. You know. Maybe just uh, give them a, you know, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to, along those same lines, like you can kind of direct the show if there's somebody who likes, like if you have some sort of power dynamic and and the the submissive is the one that's wanting wanting the sex, like maybe maybe they can be, like the, the top can just be the director and just like, okay, like they, they you may not be participating in the sex, but you can be sitting there and watching and like giving instructions or... Um, if like, you know, people who, who work a lot, they're not, they're not ne- necessarily able to, to do the sex and maybe they're not able to be there and do the direction you can give, like, g- give your, give your submissive tasks and you have to get a recording of them, um, uh, doing the task outside, uh, or when, when they are able. And so that way you're still having that, that dynamic, you're still participating in those sexy times, but you're able to do it on, on the schedule that is available at the time. Yeah, and you can do a lot of tease and denial stuff. And I found mm-hmm. when you do, especially during tease and denial, and you've done a lot of this because you're really you you're a pig. You like this. <laughs> um, it really becomes about you when someone else is masturbating, even if you're not touching them, mm-hmm. and you're like stop, and they don't want to stop. That immediately connects you to them because now that power exchange is engaged directly with you because you have halted something that they were in a zone and you're creating that tension. Right. And so you don't even have to touch someone uh, to, to make that really about you and your connection and power dynamic, you know, or same thing with, you know, female to male, male, whatever. It doesn't matter who's on top, who's on bottom. You know, that those types of power. I mean, you know, maybe give a just a body rub, you know, like I've done that to partners before where they're like, oh, they have their toy and they just want to masturbate. And I just like will rub their legs or rub them and just, you know, touch them and let them know I'm there. Um, You know, I don't know. Let them sniff your ass, make moany sounds while he fucks a (laughs) blow up doll. I mean, there's creative outlets, you know. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you made the moany sounds while your guy fucks a blow up doll, that's pretty champion. Mm-hmm. Right there, and creepy and wonderful. Uh, but, but like, I, I've definitely seen some stuff where it's like um, the the top has fucked like a, a a masturbator against or in their bottom, and so there's a bit of humiliation. But you're not actually penetrating penetrating the partner because maybe maybe mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier, they're not comfortable with period sex, but they still want to have that time, and you may maybe that maybe sure. the back door isn't an option. So sure. you you somehow like put the put the uh, they hold the the masturbator and you fuck that and the and you could turn it into kind of a humiliation a humiliation thing or sure, m- sure. maybe 
they're they're a sex bot and this is this is how they control this you know th- there's a lot of things like role play stuff that you can uh jump into that will make this a more uh a, a definitely an interesting experience absolutely and and it just to kind of round it all together you know there are so many things that you can do if you just put in a little bit of creativity mm-hmm. and just if you don't give a shit about your partner, then obviously you don't give a shit about your partner. You have other bigger issues. Right. But most of us have a certain amount of love and care for our partners. But we also understand that everyone's not always into it. Sometimes you're either sick or in a bad headspace. And it really is just you can make it fun most of the time. I mean, surely if you love to fuck, then fucking is a thing. And mm-hmm. But there are also so many other ways that you can achieve intimacy and power exchange with a partner that I think it's really important for people to explore that because we're not perfect and we do have problems and we do get sick and we do have issues and and it's imperfect. But just keep working at it. This is a fucking great topic. Yeah, I, I think this is really fantastic. And like anybody who's listening, like if if you have your own ideas, like definitely start like it. Uh, explore those with your partners um you can you can talk to us on social media we'd love to hear different ideas that you're having uh different ways that you have kind of gotten around uh feeling feeling not into it in whatever way whether you're sick whether you're ace and just how like you've engaged with your partners in ways that has has definitely been beneficial to the relationship the sex drive all of that sort of thing and how do they get a hold of us well they can find us on instagram at perverted pods podcast they can find us on twitter at Perverted PCAST, and if they want to find us on FetLife, where you can find a full list of art- all of the articles that I have uh, brought to this show, uh, you can find us uh, at our group that is Perverted Podcast. Just search for it. There's both a group and a page. And we are going to build our hearse. And we're going to build a, a sex hearse. <laughs> end of show 381 thank you for joining us if you have questions comments or topics you'd like for us to cover please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on tiktok or instagram under the name perverted podcast and on fetlife there's both a group and a page you can support us for free by hitting the like or subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on right now it helps other kinksters like you find us and helps uh podcast platforms recommend us to other listeners and if you'd like to do a little bit more to help us out please go to our patreon at patreon.com slash perverted podcast and sign up for our five bucks if you give a fuck level to get the shows a few days early lots of behind the scenes stuff and our half a pp episodes which we should be having one coming up soon yes and of course love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world we love you yes my dear sweet path girl a fun show thank you to enigma for having such a great and spirited conversation with me uh, earlier in the show uh, man I'm just excited I didn't even get to talk about the fact that I, uh, I've i been starting to get contacts from female singers from ads I'm taking out and uh, and so I've honed it down I think I'm going to go the girl led alt punk rock kind of vibe because of course I have 900 songs like that so I've been writing a lot of those songs so even though I've been putting up dumb demos at the end of the show which embarrassed the fuck out of me by the way but it you know I'm looking for singers so people here I like that song Uh, so I don't know (laughs) man I'm just uh, I would love to start playing music again so that's why I put shit up at the end of the show and uh, you don't have to listen to it 
But uh, fuck you. In the ass. Up your dirty fucking ass. Go fuck yourself. I'm a rock star. And uh, you should fucking love me. And someone should play with my fucking bulge. Because I have a bulge. I love you, but I won't bulge. play with your balls. It's a bulge. And I had a bulge then in the hot I tub. And I... Shut up! <laughs> 